Did you miss Canty and Carlin? That is a fancy wedding that Chris Canty <laughs> is about to have on Friday. This is Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, and streaming live on ESPN+. Plus. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. No Chris Canty because he's officially done for the week, actually officially done, I think, for the next couple weeks as he embarks on his wedded bliss and then his honeymoon. Also, no Chris Carlin either. He's busy hosting Greeny this week. Instead, you get Amber Wilson and Drew Carter hanging out with you. You can tweet to us at Droodle25. That's him. I also just learned that his IG (laughs) matches the Twitter. He is a man of consistency. Hit him up at DroodleDLE25 is how you finish that handle at Amber W Sports. I also have the consistency as well between my gram and my Twitter. Is that what the kids are calling it these days? The gram, Drew? I I think the IG, I think you hit it on the first one. But not only do you have consistency, Amber, you have professionalism. And you're the only host on today's show with professionalism in terms of the handle, obviously. Well, obviously. uh, But we are taking suggestions if you want to give us a call to to change Drew Carter's handle maybe something a little bit more updated since he chose his handle in middle school. And yes, Twitter was in fact in existence when Drew Carter was in middle school. You can give us a call. 888-ESPN-888-729-3776. So Drew, we have a ton to get to on today's show. You just heard it there from Christine in the Sports Center update. A big shakeup in the world of golf. The PGA Tour has made strides, maybe trying to overtake the problem that Live Golf presents. We will definitely get into to that on today's show. Mahomes or Rodgers? Who's the better quarterback? We will get into that too. And Chris Carlin is going to stop by his own show a little bit later on. But first, we start with ESPN's NFL power rankings. Maybe the all too early power rankings here. We've still got some weeks left before the season, but it's never too early, Drew, in my book for some good old fashioned NFL power rankings. So let's get into this list because I do think that there's some really interesting things here on this power rankings list. Let's start at the top. The Buffalo Bills are the number one team on ESPN's NFL power rankings. Of course, you can check this out. This is part of NFL Nation on the dot com. I don't find that to necessarily be surprising, but it has led me to wonder, what is the pressure, do you think, on the Bills? Because, Drew, assuming that you're in the same camp, that you think the Bills are deserved of the number one spot here in power rankings, or at least close enough to it, do you feel like this season the pressure is what? Championship, conference, AFC championship, Super Bowl championship, where do they have to go? Well, first of all, if you're wondering why Christine sounds so happy in the Sports Center updates, it's because she's a Western New York native and so she's got the pom poms out today with the Bills as the number one team in the power rankings preseason. Amber, I do think it's championship or bust. I know plenty of Bills fans. I went to college in Syracuse, and I know that if they don't win the Super Bowl this year, they are going to be very disappointed. And I think rightfully so with how well they played last year. They were 0-5 in one-score games. They could have easily been the one seed, could have easily played the Chiefs at home in that playoff game. And if they did, who knows how things are different. And they didn't even really need to play that game at home because they were 13 seconds away from winning it and going on to the championship game regardless in the AFC where who knows what would have happened against Cincinnati. Uh, This Bills team, I agree with them being number one in the preseason rankings. And therefore, I think if they don't win a championship, 
it is a disappointment of a season. Even if they win the AFC and go to the Super Bowl and lose, how can that not be a disappointment considering the franchise we're talking about here, considering the franchise that's 0-4 in Super Bowls already? I think it absolutely is championship or bust for the Bills, and I think most of the Bills fans would agree with that. Really? I mean, yeah. how spoiled, how quickly? You just mentioned their record there in terms of the Super Bowl. I mean, we know what their record, frankly, has looked like before Josh Allen joined this team. Even, heck, the first season of Josh Allen on this team. It has been a long process for the Buffalo Bills to get here. And you think that the Bills fan is already so spoiled that now it's Super Bowl or bust? Not even conference championship or bust, but Super Bowl or bust for this Bills team already? No, no, no. Spoiled and Bills fans do not go together. That's like oil and water. Doesn't mix. You can't put spoiled in the same sentence as Bills fans. I'm just saying that the expectations are through the roof. Like, if Josh Allen walks down the street in Buffalo, he probably can't take more than three steps without getting stopped for a photo or an autograph. This guy is reaching like Brady and Boston status for the last 20 years. I think that Bills fans have expectations that they are good enough to win the Super Bowl. Obviously, they do if our panel of experts on NFL Nation has them at number one in the league. And at this point, Amber, I mean, it's not spoiled. They've just been close the last couple of years, especially last year. I mean, such a heartbreaking way to lose. Like, it felt sort of like a team of destiny last year. They were about to go on the road and beat the Chiefs in a game. Again, they could have easily been hosting if they just won one more of those one-score games in the regular season where they were 0-5 in games decided by seven points or less because we know they crushed the Chiefs on the road in the regular season. So if the Bills just had one more win, they would have been hosting that game against Kansas City, and they still almost won on the road against Patrick Mahomes and that team. I just feel like they've been so good the last couple years and Bills fans' expectations are so high, they'll be disappointed with anything less than the Super Bowl. And by the way, if they lose before the Super Bowl, there's a good chance they'd lose to Kansas City again. And if that happens, they're going to be jumping through tables in despair. Not in joy, not in preparation for a game at a tailgate, in despair, because that's how brutal that would be. They have jumped through plenty of tables in despair in the past, so maybe something (laughs) that Bills fans should be used to. Don't forget, though, that game with Kansas City, as much as we all loved that game, it was easily the best game of last season, maybe one of the greatest football games, frankly, of all of our lifetimes. It was the divisional round, right? It wasn't the AFC championship. So for me, I do think that because this is a loaded, loaded, loaded conference with a ton of competition that if the bills won this conference, that would be a very successful season. I don't know if you have to win a Super Bowl quite yet. Josh Allen is a bonafide superstar. They bring in Von Miller to a defense that was already elite. There are so many weapons on this team. This is absolutely a complete team. I have no problem with starting the season number one in the power rankings or having the expectation of them being an odds-on favorite to get to a Super Bowl. But that is a loaded conference. There's a lot of competition along the way. And, oh, by the way, Brian Dable aren't, ain't there anymore. And I do think that that is something that we never discussed. We make this huge deal in New England about who's going to be calling plays in Mac Jones's ear, kind of forgetting like there's a new voice in Josh Allen's ear in Buffalo. Will that matter with Ken Dorsey now as the OC there? So it's not like nothing has changed on this Buffalo Bills team, although this roster has gotten better from last season. I think so. You know, they lose Emmanuel Sanders and and Cole Beasley, but Gabe Davis had four touchdowns in that game against Kansas City last year. I think he's going to be capable of stepping into that number two role. 
Isaiah McKenzie is a guy who's mostly been a specialist in his career. Maybe he steps in as the slot receiver. They have restocked the cupboard. They didn't lose a whole lot from last year's team, which, again, I think you could argue was the best team in the league in the regular season. 11-6, and six, couldn't win any one-score games, could have easily been 13-4 and four or 14-3. and three. They went 4-1 and one in those one-score games back in 2020, so we know they can do it. There's a lot of randomness in that stat. I just feel like the Bills deserve to be number one in these preseason rankings. Ergo, deserve to be disappointed if they don't win the Super Bowl. Amber, I can't believe you would say that if they made the Super Bowl and lost, that wouldn't be a disappointing season. We're talking about the Bills here. Well, come on. It's a disappointing for any team to make the Super Bowl and lose. But I think when we're actually talking legitimately on the outside looking in, obviously you're a Bills fan. You're going to be disappointed with any loss and wherever your season ends unless it ends in a Super Bowl championship. But when we're talking about was it a wasted season, where is the expectations for this team? I think Josh Allen and this Buffalo Bills team winning an AFC title when the AFC is so stacked this season would still frankly be impressive. I think that is that next step that they can take here and I don't know if it's Super Bowl or bust for Josh Allen like what actually happens to this Bills team if they don't win a Super Bowl this season nothing we all think that this Bills team is good right like they would have to fall so short of the mark even last season them losing to Kansas City yes they lost to Kansas City they coughed it up at the very end they go to OT we know the heartbreaker all of us on the outside looking in if we weren't Bills fans and we weren't Chiefs fans we're just in awe of the football that we were getting to watch that was payoff enough for all of us on the outside looking in. I think we just want more of that sort of thing. Maybe not in the divisional round, maybe with actual championships on the line, but I think we want more of that and we want more of it because we know we can get it. Those sorts of matchups, the Mahomes, Allen rivalry for the next 10 plus years. And that's what's so beautiful right now about the situation that Josh Allen finds himself in. Yeah, I agree, and that's what's so exciting. By the way, Joe Burrow is is looming off to the side mm-hmm. of that 1v1 matchup saying, I got next because he, he beat the guy who beat the guy in the AFC championship game. I, I just feel like it's so different from last year with the Bengals. Like last year, they no one in Cincinnati was disappointed with the run. Obviously, on the Monday after the Super Bowl, they're going to be disappointed they didn't win it, especially in, in a fairly close game like it was. But – In hindsight, that was an uber-successful run that no one saw coming, even going into the playoffs. But the difference is, go back a year before, when the Chiefs lose in the Super Bowl to Tampa Bay, that was disappointing, right? I mean, I think you could even say at the beginning of the season, if the Chiefs lose in the Super Bowl, would you be disappointed? I feel like most Chiefs fans would say yes, and I think that's where Bills fans are now. Considering they were so close last year, yeah, I know it was not the AFC Championship game, but that team was plenty good enough to win a Super Bowl. And I think that's the reason why Bills fans were so disappointed. So, yeah, I do think it's Super Bowl or bust, which is crazy to say for a franchise that's never won one. But as a Vikings fan, if my team were in the same situation, having never won a Super Bowl, yeah, being so close last year to getting to a conference championship game, I would say the same thing. It's it's Super Bowl or bust. That's where I feel like the Bills are right now. Well, to your point, it is all about where the expectations start. And so when you start your season on the top of the power rankings, you know where those expectations are. You're right. With the Bengals, they far exceeded expectations because none of us expected them to be in a Super Bowl before that season started. So anything was going to be a huge win and exceeding expectations in terms of postseason success. Them finding themselves in a Super Bowl was remarkable. So it hurt a little bit less than losing. Now, of course, with the Bengals moving forward – 
that picture changes. The expectations are heightened. We've seen you do it once. We know you can get back there. With the Buffalo Bills, though, we all look at this team and think that they are stacked enough to get there. So they have to get there. And you're right, I guess, if you start with number one ranking in the power rankings, then there's only one way to go from there. And anywhere that you go from there is going to be disappointing if there's any movement at all. So the Buffalo Bills, they sit at number one on the NFL power rankings for 2022, part of NFL Nation on ESPN.com. Check it out. We are not done with this list. We are going to go to the Back end of the top 10, another interesting appearance that you won't want to must. Canty and Carlin is brought to you by Boost Mobile, a proud sponsor of the 2022 Department of Defense Warrior Games. With Boost Mobile, feel the power of more money in your pocket on one of America's largest 5G networks. From one team that hasn't been to a Super Bowl in a long time to another team that hasn't been to a Super Bowl in in a long time in the Dallas Cowboys. They're sitting at 10th here on these NFL power rankings. This is Canty and Carlin, Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys. What do you make of the Dallas Cowboys rounding out the top 10 here, Drew? I think it's, it's a pretty fair spot for them. And by the way, when was the last time the Bills got talked about on ESPN before the Cowboys? I think people in Western New York are rejoicing, saying we finally made it. We're, we're ahead of Dallas in the rundown here. I feel like it's a pretty fair spot. You know, the Cowboys, similar to the Bills, I think where they lost in the playoffs last year, had to be pretty disappointing considering they had a home game against San Francisco Uh, Probably the better team on paper, but of course the 49ers made a big run in the playoffs all the way to the NFC Championship game. I feel like 10th is a pretty fair spot. We're going to talk about Dak Prescott here in a second, but it sounds like he's having a fantastic camp. They're restocked as well with weapons. Expect a big jump from CeeDee Lamb this year. Maybe a jump from Tony Pollard as well. Offensive line isn't what it has been in the past five or so years, but I feel like 10th is pretty fair for Dallas, which is crazy considering you got to have a take on the Cowboys. You either love them or hate them. I actually think this is an okay spot for them. I'm not polarized by this ranking. I know how that works in national, and you're right. You're supposed to be really passionate about the Cowboys. The problem is I'm not. And I think that that is not a good sign for this team, is that I frankly, I don't hate this team. I don't love this team. I'm very lukewarm about the Dallas Cowboys. And that's not a place that the Dallas Cowboys want you to be. I feel like that's actually, you know how like they say, you know, no news is is bad news, <laughs> yeah. but any news is good news sort right. of thing. You know, like that's kind of how I feel here with Dallas, where right now they're kind of in no man's land. Like I don't have a ton to say about the Cowboys sitting at 10th. I'm kind of like, eh. You know? Yeah. Eh. The Cowboys are never an eh. They're, they, they should not be. They're not supposed be. to be an eh. Yeah. They're America's team. Now, this right. is Dak's first full offseason, healthy, ready to go, getting all the full training camp and preseason work in in three years. He is feeling good about things so far. Here is the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys on Peter King's podcast. Very, very optimistic. I think we're in a better position this year than we, we, we were last year. And I know what we have built here, the core, the leaders, and mixed with a great group of young guys who are hungry to make a name for themselves and getting this league running. I feel very, very confident about where we are and excited about where we are and just ready to, to keep building and, and get this thing rolling. I mean, they traded away Amari Cooper, right? They lost 
Randy Gregory to free agency. It's not like this is the same Dallas Cowboys team that we saw even last season. Now, I get that Dak is coming into this season healthy, and that's all well and good. But by the way, his head coach, I think we'd probably both agree, is also on the hot seat. And so I just have a hard time getting very excited about this Dallas Cowboys team, even though I definitely don't have, I mean, I don't have a huge problem with them being at 10th or like around that mark, as long as they're in the double digits, I wouldn't have them in single digit territory. Yeah. I think, I think 10th is fine. Um, Yeah. Losing Amari Cooper hurts. I guess Michael Gallup should be back early in the season. They draft Jalen Tolbert, shout out South Alabama, Mobile stand up. I think he's going to have a nice rookie year. But the question becomes, all right, so we're kind of lukewarm on the Cowboys. Who's going to challenge them in the division? Like the Giants? Eh, probably not the Giants. Maybe Washington? I don't think so. I mean, I said yesterday on this very program that I think Carson Wentz could get benched in favor of Sam Howell this season, and I didn't get fired yet. I'm still here. So maybe there's something to that take. I think the Eagles are probably the biggest challenger to the Agreed. Cowboys in this division. I'm pretty bullish on Philly, but, like, how, how can you – how can you rely on them? How can you feel confident in picking them to win this division when we just haven't seen a whole lot from them recently? Like Jalen Hurts going into last year, there were questions about whether he was the guy. Like is Gardner Minshew getting brought in to start over Jalen Hurts? Is this going to be a quarterback competition? I, I just feel not, like – Not yet. Not the way that it's gone so far in training camp in the preseason with no, Jalen anyway. No, no, no. He's been balling out. Yeah. Now he's got the weapons. He's got a pretty complete team around him. I think he has the best O-line also in the NFL. All of yes. that helps the this conversation surrounding the Eagles. Jalen is obviously somewhat of a question mark still. Some people have questions about Dak even. <laughs> yeah, well, that's – I mean, that's insane. I, I don't buy that at all. Hurts a little more – I feel like the Eagles are the biggest challenger to the Cowboys in this division. But that being said, is is there any division or any front runner in a division who has less competition? I, like the NFC East has been probably the worst division in football for the last five years. So I think Cowboys fans should feel pretty good about their chances to win the division coming into this season. Yeah, I, I would maybe put the Packers on that list. Uh, I'm not how one who's you? really high First of on all, how your you? Minnesota Vikings. Yeah. Sorry about that. <laughs> but that's the thing. Yes, you're right. The Cowboys could take this division. Cool. Right? Like that's, yeah. And that's right. what I mean about this. Yes, like it's it, – and but the argument for the Cowboys that we're making is that everybody else is bad. Not that right. the Cowboys are so phenomenal themselves that they're just going to be so unbelievably dominant, which is the conversation we just had about the Bills, right, at the top of the part. Like the AFC is brutal, and yet we're still looking at the Bills like you guys are so loaded. You have that superstar quarterback. You can do this. With the Cowboys conversation, we're looking at this division and this conversation conference and we're like all right I mean I guess if this is not you you know who else is it going to be kind of thing so I guess we might as well give it to you like that's sort of what it feels like and it's just a strange place for the conversation to be around what is supposed to be America's team so we will continue with our conversation throughout today's show with these NFL power rankings there is still a ton to unpack when it comes to these power rankings of all 32. But coming up next on Canty and Carlin, are the Cowboys too high? How good can the AFC West really be? We will get into that. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, 
It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is hypnotic and tequila season. Hypnotic liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Tired of ads interrupting your favorite sports podcasts? Good news! Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music, included with your Prime membership. Amazon Music offers the most ad-free top podcasts. Enjoy shows like First Take, Part of the Interruption, and The Low Post, available ad-free and uninterrupted. To start listening, download the Amazon Music app or go to Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods. That's Amazon.com slash ESPN Pods to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Did you miss Canty and Carlin? You're listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys. You can give us a call, 888-ESPN-888-888. 729-3776. We've been unpacking ESPN's NFL power rankings. If you have an opinion, where is your team? Too high, too low? Let us know. Triple eight, say ESPN. But for all things NFL, let's bring in some help with the conversation. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN's senior NFL writer, joins us. And Jeremy, thanks for joining us. On the top of the power rankings sits the Buffalo Bills, the power rankings that just came out, part of NFL Nation on ESPN.com. How do you feel the transition is going? I know you were just there, I believe, at Bills camp. How are the Bills handling the transition from Brian Dayball to Ken Dorsey? Well, so far it's been pretty smooth. You know, as you can see the other day against Denver, they did really whatever they wanted on offense. Um, There's really probably more excitement and buzz than ever about what they can do because I spoke with Josh Allen. He said that, you know, really he's trying to take more ownership than he ever has of the offense. You know, the Bills feel like they're at their best when he's in command and can change plays and, uh, you know, change audibles at the line of scrimmage. And so, uh, you know, they feel really good about that process. It won't change all that much from Ken Dorsey, same system, only you could see uh, you could see them run the ball maybe a little bit more. You know, they haven't always been run heavy. Now they have four running backs that they like. So really there's, in some ways, they have more versatility because they like some of the pieces they've added. You know, running back James Cook out of Georgia, they're really excited about. And, uh, you know, Isaiah McKenzie is kind of a guy who didn't get a lot of looks before, but now he'll be their third receiver slot guy, and, and he's shown a lot this camp. So, you know, they feel like they're going to be more dangerous than ever. Jeremy, let's keep Isaiah McKenzie on the down low. I'd like to draft him in my fantasy league at home, and I don't want any of my buddies to know about it. Uh, but the Bills being good would not be a surprise. Yeah, that's right. What what would be a surprise for you? What's your biggest surprise of training camp on this tour you've been on recently? Biggest surprise of training camp? Oh, boy. So I would say, um, you know, there's the Detroit Lions. I went, I, I tried visiting them. I was thinking, you know, they're a team that maybe 
doesn't get a lot of consideration and maybe there's not a lot of excitement about, but I actually think their offense is going to be pretty good. Um, you know, last year they were pretty stagnant. Jared Goff talked to him. He's a lot more comfortable with the new coordinator and they're adding some plays, some packages, more detail into the offense. Uh, so, you know, he, he's more excited and they feel like they have three or four guys uh, in the passing game that can really get it done. And so, um, you know, I'm on Ross St. Brown as a guy they believe can can really be a, a consistent 90 to 100 catch a year guy. So, you know, I, I got the sense that, you know, at least on offense, they could surprise some people. And, you know, last year they, they were seemed like an easy out, where this year it, it's not going to be so easy. Wow, you think you know somebody, and then you find out that Jeremy Fowler uh, is kind of a, a kneecaps biting kind of guy <laughs> there. Uh, Lions, high on his list, did not see that one coming. Jeremy <laughs> Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer, joining us. Uh, so now we're, we're getting through these quarterback battles. Uh, there's still a couple looming, though, Jeremy, to get into. Let's start with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Who do you expect is going to be the starter for Pitt week one? Well, you know, the people I've talked to um, still believe that Mitchell Trubisky has the inside track on the job, but that you know he can't get too comfortable with the way Kenny Pickett has played. So, you know, the quarterback battle seems to be in a critical phase right now. Um, you know, Trubisky is a guy they're comfortable playing, like they feel comfortable starting. It's just, I think he would have to have a really rough weekend in the third preseason game to not get the nod. Because um, they know with Kenny Pickett, like, they, once they go to him, there's no turning back. So um, if they start in week one, you know, they're not going to bench him for Mitch Trubisky. So I, I, I could see the opposite happening where they start with the veteran with some pedigree and then go on to, to pick it when it's necessary. And, uh, but he, you know, he has come on the last few weeks. I mean, they, they just look at Kenny Pickett as like a, just kind of a baller. Like he's got a feel for the game, good instincts. Like a lot of that comes alive at, when the lights come on and it's game action. Well, Jeremy, as someone who's close to the Steelers, used to be on that beat, I'm curious what your read is on how Mike Tomlin would handle this situation if Trubisky does start to struggle because he's never dealt with a QB controversy in Pittsburgh. So how do you think he would handle that? Yeah, I think he's going about uh, a pretty clean way because he's he's prioritizing pedigree first, right? So Mitch Trubisky, when they signed him, they said, okay, we'll give you some real money. You know, I think he gets six plus million dollars this year not huge money but you know a commitment of sorts because he's won games in chicago he's been to a pro bowl um even though it didn't work out with the bears like you know they feel pretty good about what he can do and then you work your way down from there so if kenny pickett can meet that baseline or even exceed it then maybe they make the change but they started pick it very slowly um you know and i really heard his first foray in the camp was not all that smooth you know his first week of camp he didn't necessarily look like a first round pick but He's just putting it together every week now where he's coming on, you know. And so I think I really think it's playing out exactly how they wanted. Mason Rudolph's sort of the forgotten guy, but he's played really well. So all three have had moments. And so, you know, they're going to have to decide what to do with Rudolph if they, you know, want to trade him or just keep him on the active roster. Typically, Pittsburgh keeps three guys, uh, three quarterbacks, when, when a lot of teams only take two. So uh, they feel like they have three guys that can win games for them. Speaking of keeping quarterbacks, Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer. Let's talk about the San Francisco 49ers for a moment because there's no quarterback battle there. At least we don't think so. They have turned things over to Trey Lance. But now Kyle Shanahan is saying anything is possible. That is the direct quote, Jeremy. When it comes to Jimmy Garoppolo, do you believe him? 
I do. Uh, yeah, I talked to you know somebody on Garoppolo's side who, who pointed that out, that, that they agree that anything is possible right now. There's just not anything to say yet. There's really no development. And this is a game that uh, it's really a game of chicken that the 49ers are playing. They're waiting for somebody to jump or to make any sort of move here uh, on a trade. And, and most teams I talk to still expect him to be released. So it's really just a matter of the 49ers resolve and patience, how long they're willing to wait on this thing. Um, you never know. Maybe there's another injury uh, or there's Seattle in the mix that, you know, they, they've at least discussed Garoppolo internally. Maybe they would do something about it, but probably not on a trade, more release. So it's really about different uh, different parties have different motives here, and uh, really nobody is buying that the 49ers would take Jimmy Garoppolo's salary of, of $24-plus plus million into the season when it becomes guaranteed. Um, now, maybe they can work something out with Garoppolo where, hey, here's a number we're comfortable with for you to stay on the roster and you can be a backup this year and reset next year. Um, but it's, you know, all parties want this to be over. So uh, I would say around roster cuts next week, something could go down. Jeremy Fowler, ESPN senior NFL writer. Jeremy, thanks for joining us. Hey, anytime. Thank you. Coming up next here on Canty and Carlin with Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys. Not a hole in one, but definitely the PGA Tour aced this one. We will explain. That's next. This is ESPN Radio. Hi, this is ESPN's Mike Greenberg, and ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sports book of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today, and new users get $100 in bonus bets for making any sportsbook bet. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Yo, check this out from Canty and Carlin. Amber Wilson and Drew Carter filling in for the guys here on Canty and Carlin. Bryce Harper's rehab stint for the Lehigh Valley got off to a roaring start, Drew. Harper in the first at-bat of his planned five-game rehab assignment with the Iron Pigs, of course, Clubbed a no-doubt homer against the Gwinnett Stripers on Tuesday night. It was his second career home run in AAA, having hit his only other one back in 2012. Uh, Went on, uh, wasn't content with just one dinger, went on to add another one to the list. This got us thinking. Because baseball is weird, right? Like Bryce Harper, obviously the best, or one of the best players in the game. And yet all of a sudden he finds himself playing in the minors and how weird would it be if this applied to other industries? Like if all of a sudden, I think you had brought this up. If all of a sudden Leonardo DiCaprio is at your local high school acting in the musical at the end of the year, like how weird would that be for one of the greatest actors of his generation? Where else could we apply this? Imagine Like, like, like Gordon Ramsay in your middle school cafeteria. 
Right. Just reaming the lunch ladies. Like, yeah, that what would be are not you doing so nice. with that mystery yeah. meat? Yeah. Listen, I, I mean, there's been some cafeterias I've been in growing <laughs> up where they could use uh, Gordon Ramsay's yeah. help there. It would be like Stephen A. Smith in our industry, I guess, going to... You and I were both in college because you went to Syracuse. I went to Florida. I assume uh-huh. you majored in, in broadcasting telecommunications, and I so did, did I. Yeah. And both those schools are known for those programs. So I assume both of you and I were both on TV and radio and all that stuff in college. It Correct. would be like Stephen A. Smith joining our college stations, yeah, right? Right. It, it would be like a real big leaguer playing for the Miami Marlins. Oh, oh. That, that was too far. That was not nice. Right now. I, ho- I hope one of the affiliates this airs on is not in South Beach or anywhere I, really I, in Florida. I do that think was in, not nice. in music, like this could happen in music where like a big time, like Bruce Springsteen shows up to like a local bar and just plays. Yes. Like, I feel like that could happen. I feel like that does happen sometimes, like especially in Nashville. I, mm-hmm. I feel like some of the country artists will come back and, and play at a, a dive bar or a honky-tonk on broad Broadway. But, yeah, I, I think it's hilarious to just imagine this in, in other walks of life. I actually worked in minor league baseball in short-season single A for a team that's no longer affiliated with a major league team. We had Victor Robles, who is an everyday starter for the Washington Nationals and was, like, the top minor league guy in all of professional baseball for a while. He came and played against guys who were fresh out of college or, like, 16 years old, signed on international contracts, and just ripped it up. It was fun to watch. You hear about this sometimes with NBA players, like showing up to the local park or the local YMCA. If I was an NBA player, that would 100% be my move. Just show up. You are listening to Canty and Carlin on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. You can tweet to me at Amber W Sports. You can tweet to him at Droodle25. You can also give us a call, 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. So the PGA Tour They've had a bit of a difficult time here, Drew, because, of course, of the entrance of Live Golf into the picture. Then the PGA Tour has been sued by the golfers who left the PGA Tour. They've lost uh, quite a few of their stars to, the, to Live Golf, and it has become a bit of a mess. Well, the PGA Tour just made some big-time structural changes to try to combat that issue. Apparently, they've made numerous taint changes. Now they have official top players, players who finish in the top 20 under the current player impact program and players who finish in the top 20 under the revised criteria will reap benefits of being a top PGA Tour player. You do have to give back as part of it. So they have a commitment here to the community, but they're going to go ahead and give some perks there to their top player. They have an impact program. They have all sorts of elevated events now. Now they have events that they are making bigger. The elevated event uh, will have purses of at least $20 million. They will feature the top 20 players uh, who qualify for the event. They're changing the, the quite literally the this tour schedule and the structure of this tour there's a numerous changes to this thing we're listing them all if you're watching us right now live on espn plus and if you're not i don't know what you're doing yeah. but what do you make of this drew that the pga tour has signed, kind of suddenly stepped up to the plate and is making all these structural like really impactful changes to the tour yeah well i feel like my my initial reaction amber is that 
the live stuff has not been fun for anyone, I think, in the last six months or so. Really, really in the past few years, ever since it was it was rumored to be a thing. But maybe it will all be worth it in a twisted kind of way, just from a fan perspective. I'm not thinking about, you know, the players making more money or, or changing how they operate. I'm just thinking as fans, maybe this turbulent time where it hasn't really been that fun, like wondering, is Cam Smith going to stay? Is he going to go? Do I have to queue up YouTube and watch live if I want to watch, you know, Dustin Johnson or Phil Mickelson play? How should I feel about this morally, given that the live tour is funded by the Saudi Arabian government? None of that stuff has been super fun, I think, for golf fans. But maybe down the road, the PGA Tour makes these adaptations and it actually leads to a better product. And it's not just all that stuff you already said. It's also this TGL thing. Uh, that Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy are spearheading, which seems really fun. Uh, six three-man teams, 15 events in a playoff, prime time on Monday nights, like on a virtual golf course. No one even really understands how this is going to look or, or really play for these guys. But they're trying new things to compete with Live Golf, which to its credit has been fairly innovative with the shotgun start and no cuts. I mean, people have different feelings about that stuff, and I think rightfully so. It's pretty polarizing, but... The PGA Tour is being forced to adapt, and I wonder how Phil Mickelson feels today uh, because the PGA Tour is doing what he claims to have hoped that the live the, the whole purpose of live was, which was to force the PGA Tour to adapt. Is that really why Phil Mickelson went over there? Probably right. not. It's a lot of money Probably involved. about money. This I is, mean, let's be real. This is like a side effect, not the main symptom, you know, but... I think it is still good for golf fans if the PGA Tour becomes more modern, which it sounds like it is. Well, it seems like it is. They're certainly making changes, and and I mentioned making changes in terms of purse size as well. But I think one of the main key things here is the commitment that the PGA Tour is requiring from the players, where top players from the tour are committing to compete in at least 20 events. Obviously, that helps things like television rights. Jay Monahan, the PGA Tour commissioner, had a press conference about all the changes. Our top players are making a commitment to play in all 12 elevated events, as well as the Players' Championship, the Masters Tournament, the PGA Championship, the U.S. Open, and the Open Championship. They will also add at least three additional PGA Tour events to their schedules. So that comes on the heels of a players only meeting uh, that was hosted by Tiger Woods and Rory McIlroy. Uh, they hosted it last week at the BMW Championship. They're trying to get the players on the PGA Tour to sort of rally behind these changes. And as part of that commitment, then now you can go when you're talking about the TV rights and say, hey, these players are committed. You know what you're getting. This is the product that we can assure you. And of course, that's been the huge knock with Live Golf, Drew, is that they don't even have the television rights, right? They don't even have the deal in place. It's very hard to find Live Golf events. Yeah, you got to go on YouTube. I remember the first time I wanted to watch one, which was also the last time I wanted to watch one. I Mm -hmm. was trying to figure out where it was on TV, and the answer was it wasn't. You can find it on YouTube, which, great, is accessible and is free, but is also pretty amateur. It doesn't feel big. It doesn't feel like these events carry any real weight. Uh, But with that being said, the PGA Tour, if if they're really doing this to get guys back from live or compete with live or put an end to live – 
it doesn't matter what the format is. All that matters is the cash money, is the moolah, because that's why the guys have gone in the first place. So the PGA Tour wants to end live. That's what they have to do. The problem is the deep, 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 deep yeah. pockets that they're competing with that, of course, is funded by an entire government. Coming up next, plenty more Canty and Carlin. This is ESPN Radio. Check out Canty and Carlin weekdays on ESPN Radio and on ESPN+. Plus.